What the hell is up, my people? Welcome back. We are back. We are still here. We are still standing for an episode AFC Championship Edition rematch. Re-up that bitch with B-Things. Welcome back, people. Um, off top, unfortunately, Drake could not make the episode tonight. Uh, Drake's been a busy man, guys. Drake, this dude's big shot. Look, he told me he was down in Florida getting lit by the pool. Maybe he saw the beach or something. Then he came out to Cincy. And he texts me. He's like, yo, I'm driving down to Kansas City. We tried to make schedules work. Uh, he's a busy man, um, and we couldn't make it happen. So, unfortunately, no Drake on the episode tonight, so I'm riding solo. Um, also, to add, I apologize about the late posting because we tried to navigate through you know, each other's differing schedules and shit. You know, we pushed it back a bit. Hey, we could do this time, blah, 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 blah. You guys know all that stuff. So sorry about that. Um, but nonetheless, this episode is going to be hype as fuck, my people. Look, we all know what time it is. We know what this is. We know exactly what this means. We know exactly what this is. We know who the other team is. We know how the stadium is. We know how the entire environment is. And the feelings are a lot spicier. Heading into this one. I think that's a good segue to... Actually, I'm not even going to call it a segue because I'm not going to go there. Look, there's been lots of shit talking this week. I mean, would you expect a ton different? Probably not. Some of the shit talking that was said, though, was pretty crazy. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm not going to get into it because... Look, overall, over everything, if any individual in those facilities, the Bengals facility, the FO, the players, the Chiefs facility, the FO, the players, if they needed extra fucking motivation for this game, they had no shot to succeed. You ain't got no shot. If you need extra motivation, if you got to wake up on a Tuesday heading in, you, you know, you're playing the fucking Chiefs and you're like, damn, dude, I feel really bummed right now. Like for my play heading into Sunday, I need motivation. You ain't got no shot right now, man. Like you don't, you don't in these circumstances and under these conditions, these implications, this situation, you don't. So a lot of the shit that was said this week about the mayor, which was pretty fucking crazy. He was having a lot of fun, guys. Like, it's shit talking. So, that's pretty much how I see it, man. Like, it's silly. Some stuff was pretty egregious. The mayors did go pretty far. But they're passionate, man. Chiefs fans are passionate. They're spiteful. They're mad. They're angry. They really feel like we're invading shit because we're the fucking villains. We're the villains of the NFL. What I tell you guys, I knew that this is going to be the greatest run in fucking Super Bowl history to where the league has never shown their hand like they did. An unprecedented situation with changing the rules and giving three teams, the Chiefs, the Bills, particularly the Bills, the Ravens, and then the Chiefs, all of the good side of the benefit of the doubt. And they actively chose to give us the negative side in every single place you looked. It's never happened before. To where a league said, hey, we're going to give you the support you need. But for you, nah, not for you. Not you. And I'm not saying that's woe is me. We're going to build that. To create the best fucking thing. The best thing that has ever happened to this franchise. And we're in the process of it right now. 
You take down the Cinderella's. You take down the Cinderella's in Buffalo where it should have been a neutral site. You take down the bitch-ass Ravens. You go through this process. Now, you got the other test in Arrowhead. Been there, done that, bitch. Been there and fucking done that. So that's pretty much what I wanted to say about all the shit talking this week. I'm not going to get into it because we don't need to. It's about game time, baby. Saturday night. We ain't got time to worry about that shit. So, uh, we got to hit some injuries in the macro. Uh, Pretty predictable. Pretty predictable. Of course, Mahomes, um, optimism for Chiefs fans. Uh, Bengals fans, too, I guess, because, you know, most people want to see him 100%. I do, too, for just the quality of football. Uh, Threat-wise, probably not. You know, it's just human nature. You know, competition, if you have a chance to execute on a player that is not 100%, take that. But it looks like Patty's going to be a hundo. Um, I guess I'll continue on this. So, Patty had two full participants this week. Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I don't know about Friday, but... Good for him. Um, He suffered a high ankle sprain. And there was a lot of speculation on how he was going to be able to come out this week. And the approach is he's 100%. The approach is he is 100% until he proves otherwise. The reality is, look, he's not. He's not. Doesn't mean mean he's not going to be able to do... A lot of things. He's going to be able to do most things. There's just going to be some things. And that's to be seen what those things are that he can't do in the game. So that's obviously the biggest one. Um, second biggest one is Kelsey showed up on the injury report on Friday. He had to be listed as questionable, but he's going to be fine. Uh, he you know, has some uh, back spasms um, from carrying the fucking team last week. <laughs> and... Um, you know, maybe that's something that lingers tomorrow. You hope it's not completely debilitating for him. But like I said, competition-wise, I don't mind not having Travis Kelsey out there, do you? Of course not. <laughs> of course we don't mind. We'd have no problem not having him out there. Talk about taking a threat away. Um. Then after that, for Chiefs, every they're healthy. They have all guys available. All guys. So no excuses for him even though they will continue to come up with a lot of them. Um, and for us, as I said at the beginning, pretty predictable. Uh, optimism for Trey Flowers, he's going to be good to go. Hayden was listed as um, limited on Friday with the calf. He's completely fine. It was just purely precautionary, you know, suffering the calf injury against the Chiefs just seven weeks ago, came back in the Bills game. Last thing you want to do is to have, uh, you know, a critical – contributor a key contributor you know have some lingering injury from overexertion during the week and to miss a game like this so they took it extremely precautious with him he's fine kappa and jonah no go no kappa no jonah so line it up exactly how we saw it last week we know the gist um but i expect both of them to be back for the super bowl um but it's to be seen if jonah's gonna play we will see um, he probably will, but we'll find out. Nonetheless, that's pretty much it with the injuries, guys. So, <clears throat> all right, we got X's and O's, breakdowns, then X's and O's. 
I'm going to start with the Chiefs defense versus the Bengals offense. Look, the Chiefs have two rookie corners on the outside. I think his name is Jalen Watson uh, or Justin. No, I think it's Jalen Watson. Justin Watson. Uh, one of the dudes. He is a uh, later round pick. He was out. He missed some time this year. Uh, he made a really impressive one-handed pick to kind of seal the game against the Jags last week. It was a good throw. He just made a great play on Christian Kirk. Um, and then, of course, Trent McDuffie. Uh, they're they're good rookie corners. They kind of remind me of CTB. You know, a guy that's gaining you know some optimism from their fan base. You know, from their team. Um, so those are who they. Those are the guys who they have starting at the outside corner. Uh, they have Legereus Sneed. He's a fine slot corner. Uh, he moved to the inside, replaced Joshua Williams, who was starting last game. Because they had Watson out, Legereus went back to the outside, Trent McDuffie on the other side, Joshua Williams on the inside, and he was the one who led up the game ceiling slant route for the first down to T on literally a perfect pass. Uh, look, this team likes to play man more than a lot of other teams, okay? I don't see that being the case that much in this game. Unless if you want to lose. <laughs> I mean, if you want to play man, you better have a top dude like Sauce if you want to go toe-to-toe man-to-man with me. Alright? So, I don't know how often they're going to want to go man, but that is something that they've been prevalent to running. Uh, their pass rush is nice, guys. But it's not really good. And that's and that's not for me to be dismissive. It's truly not. It's just that they are top five in sacks this year. So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not being dismissive. But here's the reality. Chris Jones has been awesome this year. Awesome. He's a first-team All-Pro. He's a He's been the most he – been, he's been the best defensive tackle in the league this year, pass rush-wise. He has. He has. He has 15 and a half sacks. He's been really good. He didn't do a goddamn thing against us. No pressures, no tackles, no sacks, nothing like he didn't exist. But we don't have Alex Kappa. We got Max Sharpen. I don't know how different that's going to look. Probably not as good. Hopefully not horrible, though. Beyond Chris Jones, though, they just got guys. Like, they're guys. They're. Overall, their edge rushers are a lot like Buffalo's. A little bit better. Like, I would say Buffalo's edge guys were... um, Maybe 6.5 out of 10. These are 7s. 7.5s. So we ain't talking no... 9, 9.5s, 10 out of 10s, like premier dudes. Um, Frank Clark had one and a half sacks last week to bring his grand total in his 16 games this year to six sacks. Uh, that dude ain't wrecking no havoc completely. Can he? Sure, there's an avenue for that. But overall, you're going to take your chances on a young Jackson Carmen in a line that played really well last week against a defensive line that, yes, does have a premier dude that really opens a lot of stuff up for that defense, defensive line. Double Chris Jones. Double him. He's going to try to get himself in advantageous situations. They move him around to try to single him up. Do the best you can. 
Try to double them as much as you can. And see how that goes. What's interesting is that they are 22nd in the league in pressures. In 5th in sacks. From what I saw. Pretty sure from ESPN. Um, So the dichotomy there is that when they get there, they typically get home. You know that typically doesn't work for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is, uh, since week 7, he has the best pressure to sack ratio in football. Which is, you get pressure versus when you actually sack them. It was amongst the worst in the league the first couple of weeks. Obviously, you know, 13 sacks in the first two weeks. Just everything was horrible. Joe was uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. So that's a lot of what that defensive line. Um, they are going to run some stunts. They don't run a ton of stunts. Spagnola, Steve Spagnola does not run a ton for that defense. Um, and he blitzes. He likes to blitz, especially on third down near the red zone. But we know exactly how the blitz goes against this offense. And with how Joe has been dealing right now, processing, and these wide receivers going against these corners that are fine, you're going to take. You like that. You like your chances in those matchups. Um, I don't know if I did mention this, but their secondary as a whole, their secondary is fine. Justin Reed's been a fine player. He's fine. Um, uh, fuck, what's their other safety's name? Slipping. Um, uh, number twenty-two. Eh, two more seconds. Damn, I don't remember. Don't remember his name. Um, nonetheless, they have a fine secondary, but fine secondaries do not cut it against these skill players. And Joe Burrow. It don't cut it. You got to have a good-ass secondary to fuck with me. You got to. If you don't have it, it's a long fucking day. Um, Their linebackers had a horrible game against us last time. Uh, they struggled immensely in coverage, but they're actually good pass coverage guys. But Joe just picks apart everybody in the middle of the field. So it's to be seen how that's going to go. Uh, but that's an opportunity there to produce like that again, especially with Hayden back in the mix. He's a bigger threat than Mitch Wilcox. All right. So for the break, after I just got through the breakdown of the Chiefs defense versus Bengals, oh, we'll go into some X's and O's here. Look, as I already said, um, Spagnola, he likes to blitz, especially on third down near the red zone, uh, and, and he likes to run. Some cover two, as usual, cover two shells. Uh, good luck. Joe's been able to pick it apart. Um, and let's see. Sorry, my people getting a bit mixed up with my notes here because I already said about their secondary. Um, yeah, I mean, their secondary is just not good enough to match against our skill, guys. Like, it. this game is going to be a lot similar to last game, I feel like. I feel like it will. But I feel like we can stretch away even more because of how well we've been playing lately. Um, So with our O-line against the Chiefs defense, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Now the run game, I think we're going to be able to produce in the run game too because of the attention and allocation they're going to put towards our pass game. They are forever scarred from that 266 and 446 in the first time we saw them with Jamar and Joe. They forever will be, as they should. 
as they fucking should. So the run game worked really well last time. Look, Maje P had 105 rushing yards. Maje had 150 plus total scrimmage yards in the Chiefs game last time, my people. He was balling, getting receptions, working, running the ball because of how much dedication they put to the secondary or the back end of the defense. So I think our run game's going to be able to work. They're going to rather have us run the ball than to pass it over their heads, but we've been so efficient in the run game. Kind of leaving out the extreme of the Ravens game because of how good the Ravens are, you know, in run defense. So Sorry, my people. Got a bit distracted there. Um saw something in my peripheral, but um yeah, and and as I was saying just a couple minutes ago, some other things I have for X's and O's. Double Chris Jones. Don't fuck around. And and make the other guys beat you. Make Frank Clark. Let him do his best to wreck havoc. But fucking double Chris Jones. Don't fuck around. And I I'm confident that we're gonna do that, especially with the backup bow lineman we got. And as they double Chris Jones, there's gonna be the inclination to bring a simulated blitz or a simulated pressure. What happens when you do that? That's taking one less guy out of coverage. Do you ever want to take one less guy out of coverage against these skill players in Joe Burrow? Nope. That's why he fucking destroys you when you do. So, double Chris Jones. Don't fuck around. Um, this defense is get is prone to getting beat over top sometimes. They are. So, I think a really good tactic is, man, what we did last game with Jamar and working at the line of scrimmage in the past game and, of course, the run game like we did, it was perfect. I don't think I could have asked for anything better. I mean, I think I told y'all we ran 12 plays with Jamar in the backfield, and I think three of those plays he motioned out to the slot. Those plays averaged 12 yards a play. I'm not saying that's going to happen every single time, but what was great is that we kept working near the line of scrimmage and and when you focus well actually not every play because Jamar ended up having um uh he snuck by wide open on a fucking post route that led to the first touchdown on the first drive. Um <clears throat> but when you f- prioritize working at the line of scrimmage against a defense that is um I think middling in tackling in their corners are amongst the worst in the league in tackling. Their average as a defense is middle of the pack in tackling. The Bills last week were they were the worst tackling team of football, and you saw it. Of course, the snow, blah, 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 you know, definitely did play a factor into that. Then again, I'm not even going to say that bullshit because same with the fucking offensive players. Just as much as the Bills try to tackle a player, we could have slipped because of the snow. So I won't even say that bullshit. It's both sides there. It affects every player. But bringing it back with this game, Getting Jamar the ball in space against these young corners. No one likes tackling Jamar Chase in space. It fucking sucks. It's terrible. He's going to make you miss. He's going to make you look like a fucking bum out there. And he's going to work you. It just happens. But get that going out there. When you continue to prioritize working at the line of scrimmage. Getting the run game established. Get that shit going. Get the screens. Get the shallow passes. You force the defense on their toes. 
When you force the defense on their toes, you're going to catch them lacking over top. And when you catch them lacking over top, you're going to take your chances on our guys against anybody, especially these dudes, to make a play on them. I don't know how often those over-the-top plays are going to come, but when they do, we got to capitalize on them. We can't have no fucking Jamar Chase drops like we've had lately with the deep balls, and we can't have no wide-open fucking TB drop like we had. Remember in that game? That beautiful X-route concept that we ran, and uh, TB was as wide open as he... Well, actually, not as he's ever been, because he's been pretty fucking wide open before. Um, <clears throat> wide open, though. Man, you can't have it. You can't have it. So, yeah, just execute on that shit, man. Um, let's see. I expect our, our our offense to be really efficient because we're fucking better than them. Look, so kind of going comparison to comparison with positions. Our O-line against their defensive line, I really don't think it's going to be a big problem. Like, it's not going to be foreign to Joe Burrow to evade pressure at all. Are the Chiefs going to get pressure? Yes. Are they going to get some sacks? Yeah, very likely. They're going to get some. They may get two, three, maybe even four. You definitely want to avoid getting over four, though. But we can win with, you know, more. But the last thing you want to do is fucking push that, you know, and see how it looks. You don't want to work through fucking getting sacked again and again. So I think our O-line is going to do okay. That's about as much as you can ask for right now, man. Going against a premier pass rusher with three backup O linemen and having the outlook being, I think they're going to be okay. It's about the best you can fucking ask for. So there's that. Of course, our quarterback against their entire defense as a whole. We know that. He's the best in football. He's the most lethal quarterback in football with his mind. He's going to wreck you. He's going to be as efficient as fucking possible. You know what? This is something I want to say before I forget. I know it's a bit sidetracked, but like I said, the last thing I want to do is forget to say this. So everybody knows Joe Burrow. Well, actually, not everybody knows. I'll inform you. Joe Burrow is 8-0 in games below 40 degrees. The temperature tomorrow is going to start at 22 at 630 in Arrowhead. It's going to get down to 10, guys. That seems horrible, horrid. Joe Burrow in games below 35 degrees is 7-0. Listen, against the Patriots in Foxborough, against Bill Belichick, it was negative 4 degrees with the wind chill. Joe Burrow threw for 285 yards and three touchdowns. In the first half. In the first half, he threw for 300 yards just about and three tutties. So, that may fuck up some of your parlays if you picked all the unders. Nor am I saying he's going to go absolutely nuclear. All I'm saying is that the efficiency in this game is not solely predicated on the temperature. Because we know, and we've seen time and time again, Joe does not give a fuck. None of this offense does. I mean, they're just elite players. Joe is so fucking incredible, man. It don't matter. It don't phase him at all. So I just had to get that out there. That's why it it also makes me super confident that we're going to be really efficient against this defense. And of course, matching up with our skill players, with their corners, we are elite. They are fine. That's a big enough discrepancy for me to wreck the shit out of your game plan. I'm elite. You're not. It'd be different if we were fine and they were fine. Then you're, you know, you're kind of even matched. 
No, it doesn't mean we're going to destroy them, but the landscape is there that we can. <clears throat> All right. Yo, we're going to flip it to the other side now. We got Bengals defense versus Chiefs offense. Some shit to break down. Um, look, we're, I've already said it. We're expecting Pat to be a hundo. All right. We're expecting him to be a hundo percent. Um, and I think that's absolutely the best perspective and the best approach to have because you would rather have. You would rather have. Um, you would rather be over prepared than not prepared enough. You'd rather have him presumed 100%, then you realize he's not, then you can capitalize on opportunities. Makes it a bit easier for you. So that's above everything. He's 100% until he proves he's not. We know they're wide receivers, guys. Lots of guys, but no stars that can wreck a game. None. None. But you got to give him their respect. It is an incredible offense. Of course, though. Led by the greatness of Patty, Travis, and Andy Reid. All right. Look, man, Andy Reid's a top offensive mind of all time in this game, guys. Travis Kelsey's a top three tight end to ever play the fucking game. And Patrick Mahomes is going to go down, you know, assuming he plays another 10 good years. He's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, like talent-wise. And maybe greatness, that's to be seen. You know what? That actually won't happen because, well, Joe Burrow. But he's going to be one of the best, okay? So the reason I say that is because when you got those guys leading your offense, everything is going to look great, typically. But when you talk about X's and O's, breaking shit down, line up and line up and toe for toe, we can look through that shit. We know how to lock down Travis. Or sorry, not lock down contain Travis Kelsey. Trey Flowers is healthy. Okay? So, and we trust our defensive backs because our safeties are so elite. Our cornerbacks have been good. Eli Apple Pitt coming. Oh my gosh, I am breaking Twitter. I'm breaking social media. Everybody, all fucking Eli Apple fans are going to be the most unbearable motherfuckers to ops on any fucking app. It is going to be beautiful. I can't fucking wait. And it's going to come. It may come this game. If he gets a pick. Man. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Sorry. I got sidetracked. Just love that dude, man. Love that guy. We know him, though. We know they're wide receivers, okay? Like, Juju, prove you can wreck a game. Like, look. You got to. The reality is, though. Joe Tooney was not playing last game. He's a really good guard. He's back. Kadarius Tony and Mecole Hardman are playing this week. Those guys run four threes. But, specifically with uh, Tony, look, he's played eight games with the Chiefs. Nine, nine now with the playoffs. The dude has 171 yards this year. All right? I don't give a flying fuck about a dude. That has 171 yards in nine games. That don't mean I won't acknowledge you and I won't respect your speed on the field. I will. But I ain't fucking scared of some bum ass that fucking has 171 yards in nine games. Prove to me that you could work. And I know he has before, but do it here. All right? Our defense can handle any of these receivers. Play as such. All right? That... That right there 
I'm going to say it a few more times so it can resonate in your mind and embody this heading into the game tomorrow, guys. Play as such. Play as such. Play as such. Okay? Play as such, man. Play like you are the better team because you are. Don't have no stupid weird shit, man. Don't do no crazy shit like, you know, horrible kicks, muffed punts, muffed kicks, stupid crazy turnovers that have you turning your head like, what the fuck was that? Play as such. Who the fuck you are. I'm not even saying play like last week. Of course, you want them to play like last week. That was elite shit last week. It wasn't perfect, though, but it was elite shit. I'm not even saying you got to play like that to beat this team. You just got to play as such. The last thing you want to do is to give Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey another opportunity to capitalize, an extra opportunity, okay? Because that's how you catch yourself. Where like, damn, we had control of the game. What happened? So focusing on that is absolutely foundational. Look, Lou gave Pat his worst game seven weeks ago, guys. Pat was averaging 320 passing yards for six straight games heading into our matchup on December 4th, and he threw for 232 yards, all right, with one pass and touchdown. Here's a crazy stat for you guys. Luana Rumo's defense this year against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, he allowed one combined passing touchdown from some of the most elite passers in football, the most elite Elite players overall. One fucking passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. I'll give that to him. I mean, isn't that incredible? No, I'm not gonna I'm not saying it's gonna happen again. It will not it highly, 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 highly likely will not happen. Cause it's Patty. But that's what fucking Lou brings to the table, man. He is elite against these elite guys. It is fucking incredible. And another guy that's elite. Against a specific player is Trey Hendrickson. He has given Orlando Brown fucking problems, man. Problems. He's got to... Trey has got to wreck shit this game. Look, you got to get to Pat, man. You got to fucking get to him. You have to. Get him uncomfortable. Force him to move. Force him to move. Y'all want to know something crazy? Another stat, according to Next Gen, Trey Hendrickson has been the highest pressure rate defender in the past five seasons. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that fucking incredible? Uh, Let me see. I have a picture on me. Let me pull up his exact pressure number. Um, Nah, that's that shit. Let's see. Damn, sorry, y'all. I can't find it right now. I'm going to look for just a few more seconds here if I can't find this shit. All right, here we go. Holy fuck, this is crazy. Let's see. Actually, since 2017, 17, 18, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six seasons, six fucking seasons, Trey Hendrickson is the pressure rate leader in the NFL. The second's Robert Quinn. Nick Bosa's three, Marcus Davenport, another compliment alongside uh, Trey and Nola. And then Miles Garrett. Trey Hendrickson's at 16.3% pressure win rate. 
the next closest guy is almost a whole 1% lower. It's incredible. I mean, Nick Bosa's three. Fucking Trey is one, man. This dude wrecks shit. Fucking wrecks shit, man. And he has the third quickest pass rush get-off time this season at .76 seconds. All right? So you're talking about a guy that's got to burst off the line and fucking wreck shit, making O-Lyman uncomfortable as soon boom, first step. He's losing his rep. Trey is amongst the best, man. Quarterbacks are really good at getting the ball out because they know how elite he is at getting to the quarterback. So you got to give credit to the quarterbacks, you know, opposing quarterbacks for getting the ball out. But that's what they got to deal with, man. And Trey has to play exactly like that and finish those fucking plays in this game against Orlando Brown. Um, blitzing, dropping eight, a big thing, guys. I know y'all heard it, man. Lose dropped eight, you know, and it's the infamous, you know, for Patty, it's the infamous coverage, you know, that's led to his embarrassment, you know, of blowing these leads and stuff. Lou does not drop eight that much. He dropped eight, uh, seven times or 11 or wait, shit, I'm sorry. Fuck, I got the numbers confused. Something like 5, 7, and 15. And I think 5 came in the first matchup in week 17 last year. 15 came last season in the second half of the AFC Champ game. Then, of course, only 5 times in this past game, guys. He ain't running it a ton. But you're dropping 7 almost every single fucking play. You don't blitz a lot. And I don't know how we're going to approach Blitz in this game. Some people, when they thought Pat was injured worse, saying, you know, oh, you got to wreck havoc and get home and and Blitz a lot. Don't do that. He's still got his IQ, people. All right? Patty's still got the IQ. So I'd be very cautious Blitzing, as you normally are. Like I said, man, it all comes down to how that ankle's operating in the game. You know, get a feel for it and execute as such. But, of course, we are going to drop eight at times when it's an obvious passing situation. Get them off the field because their efficiency on third um, third and longs is amongst the best in NFL history, guys. The conversion rate is fucking insane. Insane. So, when it's a third and 11, a third and nine, he takes a costly sack or a TFL and it's a third and nine, third and 11, get off the fucking field. That's when you drop the eight. Force them to work underneath whatever the fuck it takes. And some of the X's nose for the Chiefs O against our Bengals D. Um, pretty much what I said. Um, a lot with Pat, you know, and as Pat's the generator of that offense and everything of that offense. Expect them, expect them to play as usual. Heavy pass. Uh, I think they're going to try to run the ball more. But look, Andy Reid in 25 fucking years has been a dominant passer. Uh, of the football in his offense. So at this point, you know, we know exactly who he is. Um, Things are a bit different in this game. It's to be seen on how much they're going to run the football. They are efficient running the football. Kind of the same way as I talked about with Maj AP a bit ago. The threat of Pat's arm and the efficiency of that passing game. The last thing you want is to get beat over top or to get cut you know, sliced and diced across the field. So they will afford to give up some yardage in the run game. 
Isaiah Pacheco is a fine young back, guys. He is. He's a fine young player. Seventh round pick this year, so good for them for finding a good guy. I'm going to fuck him up, though. So expect him to play as usual uh, with a bit more of the run game sprinkled in. And like I said, you'd rather have them running the ball than just passing all over the field and, you know, scooting down the fucking field. But, of course, running the ball, it's to be seen on how efficient they are. Um... They had 135 rushing yards, by the way, last game. Like 66 from Pacheco, 55 from uh, McKinnon, like 11 from Pat. They were doing some shit, and that may happen again this game. But like I said, you'd rather have those little three, four-yard runs than those six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen-yard passes. It's pretty obvious on that one. Um, look. You got to make Pat uncomfortable, man. Make, it un- make him uncomfortable. We did a masterful job last week with Josh of... F- he had the longest... Um, uh, fuck, it's slipping my head right now. What's the term? He was holding the ball longer last week more than... Any other game he's played in this year, 3.14 seconds. Josh Allen was holding the ball. What does that mean? Does that mean that we weren't getting to him at all? No, we were pressuring him 37% of his dropbacks. What does that mean? It Like on the film that I saw, it was incredible. We focused on containing him. Trey and Sam would rush downfield and allow and force Josh to step up, and then DJ and BJ are there to pressure him in his face. So you contain him. It's like you force him up by getting behind him. Get behind him, the quarterback's going to step up. Then when the defenders are doing their job and they're penetrating in the middle, you got to force a guy out of the pocket. And in that one and a half, two seconds, when you force a guy out of the pocket, you hope that your defense can or your secondary holds up, and often they do. And so that three seconds passes, you force the quarterbacks to make decisions. When you allow them, when they have to make more than one decision, uh, first check, uh, first read, second read, third read, fourth read, you're more likely to catch a player in a mistake. For elite guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, is it more likely for them than most to make a great play? Yes. That's why they are who they are. That's why they are. They're phenomenal at creating a play after the initial one breaks down. I mean, that's why that's all of our quarterbacks are elite at that. So, of course, Pat can still make plays like that. But when you force him to make more decisions, making more decisions also leads to more mistakes. When you make mistakes against this defense, you fucking pay. As I mentioned a bit ago, guys, the three, the three words to resonate with all you. Play your game. Play as such. Do your thing. Lots of three-letter slogans I got. Play your ball. Like, do your job. Play your game. And you'll win. That's it. Like, we are better than this team. Pat is not 100%. I don't know how close he is. But you got to execute, man. We're going back to the bowl. And I got a lot of peace about this game, guys, like I did last week. I do. I've had a piece all this week. It's a great feeling, of course, to be seen on how the game transpires. But that's a good fucking time to go ahead and get into these predictions, my people. So, 
Let's talk about some Patty stats, all right? So what I can predict Patty doing this game, um, I see him going 25 for 41, 262 yards, two tutties, one INT. It's to be seen on how costly that one is. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I can see him getting some things going, but not a ton, not enough. 15 rushes, two receptions, 71 yards, and a tutty. Travis, this is going to be the turning point of the game, my people. Five receptions, 55 yards. That's what I predict. I think we're going to do a really good job against Travis this game. Um, Nicole Hardman, four receptions, 57 yards. I think he could you know, bust one, maybe a 30, 33 yard or something like that. Then he'd be pretty quiet the rest of the game, I predict. Uh, Juju, um, five receptions, 65 yards, and a tutty. Patty's got to pass to someone if it's not Travis. You know, he's got to make some crazy shit happen. So that's what I see there. Um, And our side, Joe Burrow, master flea fishing is what I predict, my people. 26 for 36, 273, and four tutties. No picks. Joe Mixon, 20 rushes, three receptions, 109 total. And a tutty. A lot like last week. Jamar Chase. Doing Jamar Chase things. Seven receptions. 113 yards. Two tutties. TT. Six receptions. 61 yards. I hope it proves me wrong. He just hasn't popped off major lately. So. Six for 61 for TT. TB. Four for 52. So out of those guys. I mean you're talking 220 yards right there. Look. We're winning 31 to 20. I told y'all earlier in the week, I just have a strong feeling. Intuition tells me we're going to win by 11 or 11 plus. 11 or more. Uh, 31 to 20, is it? We're going back to the bowl, my people. This is who we are now. I mean, it's incredible to go back. Back to back years. And let's fucking win it this time, man. Let's go, my people. Big game coming. It's going to be such a great time. Hope all you enjoy watching the NFC game. To figure out who the fuck we're going to play in the bowl. Let's get it. I love you all. Appreciate you for listening to another episode of the fucking All Things Bengals podcast. Let's get this dub. Peace.